your costs have nothing to do with the price that you can charge for your treatments and services. So I want you to reframe how you see your prices. Okay, Don't make assumptions based on what you think your clients want. Deliver the best overall value and then charge accordingly, no matter where you're working from, especially if this means you're charging at a premium, because you should let your price dictate your clients, not the other way around. Creating the beauty business that you dream of doesn't have to take over your life. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, a handful of proven systems, being willing to stretch your comfort zone just a little and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly and your success is inevitable. Problem is, that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. Now with over half a million downloads worldwide, it's the number one podcast for the independent beauty business owner dedicated to helping you grow your business to get the clients and the money that you want without all the stress and the worry. Now, my name is Adam Chatterley and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years now. And I'm going to help you transform your business starting today. Today, we're going to be talking about price. That's a lot of people's favorite subject to want to talk about, but a lot of people's least favorite subject to actually do anything about. So today we're going to be talking about price, but more specifically your prices and how to get confident about successfully charging a lot more for what you do. Before we dive into the episode today, though, I wanted to make sure that you've taken the opportunity to grab yourself a copy of my incredibly popular, entirely free and very useful ebook. It's called the seven day booking boost. And that's exactly what it is. Well, it's actually that and a whole lot more. It's basically a framework for quite simply leveling up your beauty business in just 15 minutes a day. The initial result of that being more bookings for you and you'll start to see results inside of just seven days. But the longer you do it for, the bigger the results you're gonna get. Now it's brand new, it's brand new edition, it's rather beautiful and it's specifically designed for beauty and wellness business owners and operators just like you. It contains a very simple, easy three-step process that'll take you just 15 minutes a day, ideally the first 15 minutes of your day, to almost guarantee a massive increase in your effectiveness, an increase in your connection with your clients and an amplification of all your marketing efforts, which in turn will bring you more bookings, more clients, and even a lot more sales as well. So if you want a very short, effective checklist that's full of delightful humor and joy, then go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash boost and download your copy today. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host, and I'm here in the UK coming off the back of an unexpected week of homeschooling with uh, my seven-year-old daughter after a positive case of coronavirus in her year. So everyone was sent home, and I have to commend the schools. I think they're doing an amazing job of managing uh, all of this Um I hope they're all managing it as well as my daughter's school is, but uh, they're doing a fantastic job. But yes, it does mean uh, that suddenly we were homeschooling for a week. And because it was kind of a uh, an interim week, the, the sort of the pressure fell on to actually keep up with the level of schoolwork. So that was an interesting challenge. Uh, but it does mean that clearly the whole coronavirus situation has not gone away. It's still very, very present in our lives, um, although not quite as as overwhelming as it was before, but it's still something we have to be very wary of. Anyway, on to the subject matter for today. And we're talking about 
price. Now, if you've been listening to the uh, podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about price a couple of times, but it's kind of an important topic. I mean, let's face it, the price that you charge for your treatments and services is completely and directionally proportional to the amount of money that you earn. And price for me is really the main pillar when it comes to the difference between you being financially successful in your business and not. I mean, if you get your pricing right and you have clients, so clients is a big element in this as well, which is why I talk about clients a lot. Um, But if you've got clients coming in and you've got your pricing right, then you've got to be doing an awful lot wrong to not be making money. So where is the problem in here? So a question I want to ask today, and I do apologize, there's maybe some tough love coming at you today, but it's so important that we get this right that I don't want to kind of gloss over this uh, particular topic. So I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, do you have a beauty business? Do you have a beauty hobby? Or do you have a beauty charity. Now that can sound harsh. So let me explain what I'm talking about here. If you're one of the many beauty business owners that I speak to who are seeing clients, but not earning what you need from your treatments and services, then it could be that you actually have a hobby or a charity rather than a business. Because so many beauty professionals I speak to, hear from, are in my Facebook group, uh, and I meet events and things like that. They tell me that they are busy with clients, but they're not making any money. Does that sound familiar to you? And like I said, the price that you charge for your treatments and services really is the biggest factor in in you being financially successful, profitable, not being stressed, um, or being stressed and broke. And if you're not earning that money from your business, after all the bills are paid, then sorry, you've actually got a hobby. Because if you think about what a hobby is, a hobby is something that you kind of enjoy doing, but for no financial gain. So if you're kind of just breaking even after the bills are paid uh, and maybe your team is paid and the products are purchased and all that kind of thing, you've actually got a hobby, okay? Might be making you a tiny bit of money, a bit of pocket money, but not enough to live on. And worse, if you are actually losing money after all the bills are paid and the staff are paid and the business bills are paid and all that kind of thing, then you're a little bit more like a charity, has to be said. Now that's commendable if that's your aim. If your aim is to run as a kind of a non-profit and you're financially independent, you're able to pay for all your bills without earning any money, then great, that's commendable. I applaud you. But if that's not what you were aiming for, which I guess it wasn't, that can be a hard pill to swallow. But what I find is this is not your fault. You know, nobody ever taught you how to price your treatments. Very, very, very few people have actually ever been taught how to price their treatments. And I'm sad to say that even people who've been given advice by so-called experts are still actually doing it wrong. I have had tens of possibly even up to 100 beauty business owners who've come to me who've said, I've worked with someone else and I've priced my treatments, but I'm still not making enough money. And when we get into it and we look at it, they've not looked at their costs properly. They've not really worked out everything and included everything that they need to work out. So I always say there's a very, very simple formula to understand when it comes to pricing your treatments. Starts off with cost. Now, let me be totally clear here. The cost of your treatments only have a bearing on the prices you charge insofar as you need to make sure that you're covering your costs and then some, okay? 
but your price is not directly proportional in a static way to your cost. And I'll explain more what I mean about that. So the simple formula to use when it comes to your pricing is cost plus profit plus value equals your price. So basically what it costs you to deliver an entire treatment with all of your costs factored in there, including your operating costs, plus an element of profit built in there, whatever you want your profit to be, plus the additional value that you offer on top of that to your clients, that should be your price. If you stick with that formula, then you are going to have a successful business from a financial point of view, at least. Now, if your clients do not value what you do, it is your fault. Again, sorry for the tough love here, but Clients that only want discounts or will only book in when you've got a, a Groupon deal going or something like that, they're not the ones that are actually going to help you grow a successful business. Now, I am all for using these as strategies. You know, I say discounts are something that should be avoided, but they are absolutely a strategic sales tool to be used to bring in lots of clients at one time, but they should be used strategically and not all the time. Equally, um, Treatment Marketplace websites like Groupon um, are a great tool, again, to bring in a flood of clients when you need them. But you should not be building your entire business on them. They should not be something that you're using all of the time unless you're doing it strategically. And, you know, if that's who you filled your business with, then that's kind of on you. And to be honest, you're making your own life much, much harder than it needs to be. So what is the secret to getting better clients then? Well, I think it's charging more for your services. Now, it's not quite as simple as that. I get that. You can't just go out there and go, right, I'm going to double my prices overnight and I'll immediately get lots of better clients. It doesn't quite work that way, obviously. You've got to make sure that your value stacks up to the prices that you're charging. Okay. But when you based your prices, when you charge your prices based on the value that you offer, which is always going to be more than your competition, as long as you've looked into the value that you offer relative to them, what will happen is you're going to ditch the deal hunters because you'll have such confidence in your pricing. And instead, you'll attract the value seekers. Now, if deal hunters and value seekers sound like the same thing, then they're not. Because deal hunters always want to pay the lowest possible price, okay? And they are willing to sacrifice quality in order to achieve it. Whereas value seekers, because let's face it, we all like a deal. We all like to feel like we're getting the best price. But value seekers are looking for quality they're happy to pay a premium for it, but they're looking for the best combination of quality, convenience, and value for their money. So what things can you do to switch from attracting deal hunters to value seekers? Well, I think a lot of it lies in mind over matter, which is a lot of the time talked about when it comes to sort of physical goals. But I think this can work for your business as well. Now, I get told a lot of the time when I go through the, a process um, that I have called Perfect Pricing for Profits with salon owners, sometimes when we look at the value-based uh, proposal, the price that comes out seems very, very high. And I've lost track of the amount of times that salon owner has turned around to me and said, I can't charge that. That's way too expensive. My clients will never pay it. But it seems like to me, a lot of the time, beauty business owners... And this could be based on the fact that, you know, prices have been held low in the beauty industry because of P 
people who've come into the industry and not understood how to price. And that's kind of artificially kept prices low. It's the reason why the failure rate of beauty business is so high. Um, but it kind of feels like beauty business owners sometimes think that it's their lot in life to struggle, that they're never going to be, you know, financially, um, exceptionally financially successful in their business. They just might about scrape a living. And that should not be the case, certainly not if I've got anything to do with it. So I want you to do right now, pause, take a breath and repeat after me. The work I do is skilled and hard and there is no reason that I shouldn't get paid what I am worth. Now, I think you should start your day off by saying that to yourself every single day. The work I do is both skilled and hard and there's no reason I shouldn't get paid what I am worth. Yeah, how does that feel? Feels pretty good, right? Now, the problem is, because I used to do this from speaking on stage, I kind of sense that you get this in theory, but I also know that you're going to still keep charging in line with your local competition because it feels safe, it feels secure, uh, it feels like you're not going to stand out from the crowd in a bad way. But I have to say, unless you've evaluated yourself against your competition, no matter how good or bad they are, you are doing yourself a disservice, okay? Because what you want to do is you want to stand out from the crowd with your prices, okay? But you want to be confident in them in the first place. If you've got doubts and fears about your prices, you're never going to charge confidently and more and more beauty professionals are just going to keep themselves at this kind of lower end of the scale, just about making enough money to get through. Does that make sense? So if you really focus your personal development time on the confidence you have in your prices, that is going to reward you so much because it's going to form this foundation of your whole business. Now, to show you what I mean here, as an example, I want to tell you about Kate, who's a salon owner that I worked with last year. So as a lot of salon owners did, uh, Kate took her business that she had. She'd had the salon for seven years and she closed it down because she felt it was the right time with everything that was going on to kind of simplify her business, simplify her life. So she closed down the salon that she'd had for seven years and she started up a home salon and she did this partly to simplify her life, partly to get some of the work-life balance that she wanted. Now, she carried on offering a lot of the same treatments and obviously her standards were the same, but she had this crazy plan to lower her prices by about 30% on average across her price list. Because when I asked her why, Kate said that she couldn't charge as much as a quote-unquote proper salon because she didn't have the same cost as before and her clients wouldn't be willing to pay as much. Fortunately, Kate trusted me and I stepped in and I convinced her that instead of lowering her prices because she was no longer working in a quote unquote proper salon, I felt she should raise her prices. And the reason I gave her for doing this was twofold. First of all, in the salon, where she had a small team, there were multiple clients all the time. There were multiple staff. And the atmosphere, whilst fun and everyone enjoyed it, was a little bit frenetic because there was more than one person around all the time. And there was always, you know, clients coming in and staff seeing clients out and all that kind of thing. However, in her new home salon, the client had her 100% attention, her 100% undivided focus. And to her clients who valued what she did, that was way more important than the fact that she was no longer kind of based on a high street. And the second reason was 
as I've already said, your costs have nothing to do with the price that you can charge for your treatments and services. So I want you to reframe how you see your prices. Okay, Don't make assumptions based on what you think your clients want. Deliver the best overall value and then charge accordingly, no matter where you're working from, especially if this means you're charging at a premium, because you should let your price dictate your clients, not the other way around. Now, there's another great story I want to tell you about, which is uh, a story I read about a $1,000 sandwich. Now, I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, and if I have, I don't apologize, because I think this is a lesson that we can all learn from, and sometimes things bear mentioning a couple of times. So the $1,000 sandwich is a story that I read about, and it really falls into this um, zone of, you know, the treatments that you offer shouldn't dictate your price, it should be the other way around. Most beauty business owners would agree that this is uh, there's some sort of theoretical ceiling on the price they can charge for their treatments in their area. Okay, so like I said, it varies a little bit on location, but I imagine that there is a price that you feel or you would feel a little bit uncomfortable in charging above. Okay, you'd probably be okay. Just taking an example of let's say a massage, you'd probably okay with charging say. $100 or £100 for a massage. You may already be charging that. You may be charging under that, but you could see that being a possibility. But how about $200 for a massage? How about $500 for a massage? How about $1,000 for a massage? At what point, at what price do you start to feel uncomfortable? Okay. What point do you start to kind of roll your eyes and think, oh, come on, Adam. Now, incidentally, this is not the story about the $1,000 sandwich, but incidentally, when I worked in Dubai years ago, uh, this was like 2004, 2004 and five, um, we introduced a, a massage at the spa that I was uh, working with at the time, and it was a $3,000 massage. Now, yes, it was kind of the gimmicky marketing tool that we used to get people talking about the spa, but it was a genuine massage that cost $3,000. Um, the exfoliant we used was like chips of gold leaf. It was insane. But when I worked there, which was only for about six months, I think we sold something like 24 of those massages. So yes, it's Dubai. Yes, it was a beautiful hotel, but it still shows that whatever you think the limit is for your treatments, there's always a way to add extra value in there for certain people. But I digress. Back to the story about the $1,000 sandwich. So I want to flip things around and use this example of a really everyday object like a sandwich, okay? So think as a consumer yourself, okay? What would you be willing to pay for a really, really good sandwich? 20 pounds, $20, $50, $100, $200, $500? Who'd pay $1,000 or £1,000 for a sandwich? Seriously. Because there's a restaurant in Long Island that I read about where you can buy a $1,000 sandwich. Yes, it's made of like the finest ingredients, including um, Glenlivet brined beef, which is a really expensive whiskey. It's got truffles in it. It's got champagne, mustard, uh, and even a bit more gold leaf in there just for measure. But it's still just a sandwich. Now, yes, Again, they created this as a marketing tool to get themselves in the news. But in the past few years, they've sold quite a few of these sandwiches. But 
that's not actually the point of it. All of the other items on their menu are priced higher than their local competition. Not quite as extravagant as a thousand pounds, but they're all priced a little bit higher than their competition. And this restaurant is all the time with people buying these other higher priced um, food items. Why? Because everyone wants to say that they've eaten at the place that's got the thousand dollar sandwich. That didn't let, you know, that didn't stop the fact that people have this perception of that being ridiculous or or too expensive or everything like that. They still wanted to eat at the place that had the thousand dollar sandwich. It breeded that curiosity, but they were still then happy to pay more for all of the other food that was on offer. So it's kind of a challenge that I said to people, you know, what is your thousand dollar sandwich in your business? What's the thing that you could offer that you could create as a package or a treatment or an offering or a service that you could charge incredible amounts of money for, but still have the value in there to give you confidence in why you're charging it so that you can become the place that has the $10,000 haircut or the $5,000 massage, whatever it is, so that people can talk about you and then all of your other prices can be raised up as well. Now, to stick with the price of things that you think should cost less than they do, have you also heard about the Tiffany & Co. paper? It's kind of a bit of a, some people think it's an urban myth, but it's a genuine thing. You can go on the Tiffany & Co. website. Yes, the one, the breakfast at Tiffany's, the little duck egg blue boxes and bags and all those kind of things. But you can go on their website right now, um, and a lot of people have mentioned this, and there's a paperclip that you can buy from Tiffany's, and it's $200, okay, for a paperclip. Now, what people don't always tell you is it's made of sterling silver, okay? So fair enough, most paperclips are not made of sterling silver, so there's kind of a reason there why it's so much money. But what I want to talk about is the lesser-known Tiffany paperclip playing cards. Now, again, you can go on the Tiffany & Co. website right now. And if you type in paperclip, which I kind of urge you to do, it's quite good fun. If you type in paperclip, you'll find the $200 paperclip, but you'll also right next to it find a set of paperclip playing cards. Now, these are regular playing cards. They are not made of sterling silver, just regular playing cards. But they do have a picture on the back of them of this infamous Tiffany's paperclip. And the price of them $350. That's more than the paperclip. Why on earth are they so much money? Well, because it comes in a Tiffany's pouch, which is in a Tiffany's box. Every card has the Tiffany's logo on it. And I imagine it comes in a Tiffany's bag as well. Why not? And don't even get me started on the Tiffany's drinking straw. Anyway, The point of this is, it's not necessarily about what you're selling. It's about how it's packaged that's the most important thing. You would not pay $350 for a standard set of playing cards, but you can pay $350, sorry, $350, just massive inflation there. Um, You can pay $350 and they regularly sell out of them, which is insane. So, Yes, it's Tiffany & Co. Yes, that's a famous brand, but it comes down to the fact that there's still a set of playing cards that you play cards with, um, but they are packaged in such a way as to make them far more valuable than a standard set of playing cards. 
So ultimately, it's not about the treatment or the service that you're performing or the product that you're recommending. It's about the value that you're offering to your client. And based on that value, the solution or the transformation that they get from coming to see you. To the right client, your services are priceless. Value, which I know I've gone on a lot about here, value is the only thing that matters truly when it comes to your pricing. Cost, like I said, is the important up to the point where you've factored it into your price to make sure you're covering your cost, but that's it. That's the only bearing that cost should have on your price. And if things are actually that tight, if you if your costs and the price you can charge for your treatments are so tight that there's little profit margin in there, then unless there's extenuating circumstances, don't offer it, okay? Now, I hope I've convinced you here that you really need to think hard about your pricing. If you get your pricing right and you have clients coming to see you, even if you're not fully booked yet, but if you have clients coming to see you and you've got your pricing right, there's no reason why your business should not be financially successful, okay? It is absolutely one of the key pillars of your success, not just financially, but your success overall. Because if you're, if you know that you are getting paid properly for every treatment you do, then how's that going to make you feel? You'll feel less stressed. You'll feel when you are working with a client, you know you're getting paid properly. You'll finish the day having seen three, four, five, six, seven clients, knowing that every single one that you've seen today has made you money. Now, if you'd like help with sorting out your prices, kind of the thing I'm known for, and we've made sure that inside of my brand new membership, I'll say brand new, it's been running for a few months now, um, inside of the membership, we've included my flagship pricing course, Perfect Pricing for Profits, okay? And you can join the membership right now, or you can take it for a test bin at least, for a pound, okay? Just a pound, you get access for 10 days, and you get access to everything for that 10 days. You could join the membership, take the Perfect Pricing for Profits course, and if there's nothing else in there that you like the look of, go away happy and you will have fixed your prices in your business and you'll be thanking me. However, I've built the membership because there is a lot of extra coaching in there. There's a lot of extra community in there. There's multiple courses. There's the co-working sessions where we get stuff done as well. I think it's an invaluable tool for your business to help you along the way to help you get more done, to give you that community and make sure you're not doing it all on your own as well. So there's massive value to be had, but to make sure that you are not disappointed, one pound, do the perfect pricing for profits course and get paid what you are worth. If you want to come and check that out, all you need to do is go to beautybusinesssecrets.co. All the information that you need is right there. Okay. So that's the episode for this week. I hope I've convinced you that you need to go and have a look at your prices and really get, first of all, confident about your price and make sure you're pricing based on your value and not just on what it costs you to deliver the treatments because that is the road to stress, problems, ultimately you're going out of business. Okay, so that's it from me. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Speak to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. 
And if you'd like even more help starting, growing or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at.